Today's reading is from Luke 15, and it's the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. This is the word of the Lord. Hi, hello, good morning. Um, Today's reading takes the story only up to verse 24, and part two uh, comes next week, so we've got a bit of a cliffhanger. A man had two sons. Our job today is to look at the first son. Do you enjoy children telling jokes? There's a particular pleasure in the rapport, isn't there? Sometimes joke sets all start the same way. For example, the knock-knock jokes. I think you know these. Knock-knock. Hatch. Bless you. They're going to get worse, and there's not too many. Uh, Knock-knock. Tank. You're welcome. Up to a point, the worse the joke, the more we enjoy it, especially with children. There's a whole set of funny stories that start with a man walked into a bar and then usually some humorous exchange with the barman. And the other day I was remembering a tutor group I once had where there was always someone who wanted to tell a joke. And at one point, for a week or two, the jokes all started like the man walking into the bar. Except with animals. Let's see if you know these ones. A horse walked into a bar 
The barman took a good look at him and said, so why the long face? <laughs> You're going to get your turn in a minute. And, and if you can stand it, I have, I have a last one. A horse walked into a bar. I've just done that one, haven't I? Sorry, this is the last one. I got carried away. That's all right. <laughs> I was just going to keep repeating until someone said you've done that. Um, a lion walked into a bar, stood in front of the barman, but said nothing. Okay, said the barman. Why the big pause? <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a chance now. I've set the bar very low, but if you think you can get under it, then tell your neighbor a children's joke that you think works because it's so bad. Okay, enough pain. Jesus seems to have been a natural storyteller. And he often used a familiar reference to put his listeners in the zone. So, for example, if it's a vineyard story, it's usually about Israel. Because Israel is frequently referred to in the scriptures as a vineyard that God planted, tended, and looked to for fruit. So, if Jesus' stories often start with a bit of a clue... What theme might we be in with this story today? Well, how did it start? There was a man who had two sons. It might set listeners thinking of Cain and Abel, and surely of Jacob and Esau. Is this going to be a story that contrasts two attitudes? I think in a way the answer is yes. Is it going to be a story of conflict? A contest for God's favor or a father's blessing. That too, I think. But the father in the Jesus story has a part just as large as either son, bigger even. So I wonder if Jesus also had Hosea in mind as he tells this story of an ungrateful son and a father whose love won't give him up. Hosea spoke God's thoughts to God's people in the northern kingdom and lived only a generation or two before the Assyrian conquest. Hosea keeps reminding the people who they are, reminding the priests to do properly what Israel's priests were called to do. He tells folk that the stakes are now very high and oscillates between tenderness and warning, though mostly warning. He's no soft appeaser, that's not love. But the tenderness is very deep and very real. Hosea, speaking for God, reminds his listeners, and you'll see the oscillation here, reminds his listeners, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. It was I who taught Israel to walk, taking them by the arms. I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, tender. 
But then, like a parent at the end of their patience, will they not return to Egypt and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? My people are determined to turn from me. Even though they call me God Most High, I will by no means exalt them. And yet, and yet he's still their father and goes on. How can I give you up? My heart is changed within me, my compassion aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Israel again. For I am God and not a man the Holy One, among you. Before it switches again. Sadly, we know that Hosea's community did not repent and Assyria did come and wipe out Israel, leaving only Judah to the south. So if Jesus is evoking all that for his listeners as he draws this picture of a father, can we discern something new in there as well? Something Jesus adds to the familiar. Hosea's Israel um, may not uh, have turned back to God. Hosea's Israel may not have turned back to God, but in Jesus' story, the wayward son does repent and does make the journey back towards the father. His ingratitude dissolves and he takes his own moment of initiative. And when he's still a long way off, the father runs to meet him, his joy without limit. A decision, a journey, then uninhibited joy and welcome, and that seems like a good place to stop. But hang on a minute. Why was Jesus telling this story? Because the Pharisees were grumbling. Sinners, those whose occupations and life choices made them irreversibly non-kosher, are being attracted by Jesus and are coming close to listen to him. But the Pharisees are grumbling because Jesus welcomes sinners even with celebration and food. So to help the Pharisees get over their grumbling, he tells these God specialists about God's joy when the lost are finally found. He tells them about God's compassion towards the wayward who start to turn even without expecting very much. And the Pharisees should hear that as a warning. This story was in Luke chapter 15. The first listeners of Luke's gospel account must surely have thought also about another son, Jesus. Jesus, who would also have a decision to make, though for a very different reason. Jesus, who will also be celebrated by the Father and rejoiced over. And we have a part in all this. Our decisions and our journey. And we will be received with rejoicing. And we know this because the Son, who makes the Father known has told us so.